0: Marty! You've gotta come back with me! Where? Back to the future! I'm from the
1: future.
0: I'm from the future. Hey! Welcome back to another thrilling episode of Marty. That's Mike and Russ time.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, that was a good one.
1: Yeah, we weren't in sync, but (laughs) still, we were excited. Yeah, you're excited. I think you're very
0: excited. Very excited. I'm always excited when I get to do a podcast with you, Russ.
1: I think you're being facetious,
0: but no, I'm not because it doesn't happen very often. So when it does happen, I get excited about it.
1: Hey, man, we this is the third one we've done this year, so. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, not this year because it's 2019 now. Yeah, it's brand new.
0: This is our first podcast of the year. Uh, Yeah. Brand new year, 2019.
1: New year, new.
0: Yeah. Any uh. New. Any any big plans for New Year's or the New Year, I should say.
1: Um. Yeah, but I can't mention it. Oh. Oh, It's it's highly classified.
0: It's it's private. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a private, a private thing you have all for yourself. I would tell you, but that's I would, understandable. I'd have to kill you. Oh well, then uh, don't tell me because I don't want to know anyway. I was just asking to be polite.
1: <laughs> Thanks. What about you? <laughs> what about you besides, um, winning, besides winning Emmy number four?
0: Uh, I have lots of big plans. They they, they run the gambit from. Uh, you know, building a birdhouse to uh, pretty much taking over the world.
1: Hmm, that's a big difference. That's, I mean, there's a big gap between building a birdhouse.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, like world. I said, there's, it's everything. Everything. That's a between. big gamut. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's you know, it's a brand new year. Got to got to make big plans. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna make plans, for us, go big or go home.
1: Go get your big plans. Plans on. This is the big plans family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, going that's not a time travel with, movie. going around with your little plans that's not <laughs> right i'm sorry i'm 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 my head is foggy i think i'm coming down with a cold you're always and, coming
0: down with cold you know and, why because you just yeah. work too hard
1: yeah and i was channeling uh kevin Meany. do you remember him
0: i do remember kevin Meany. he was he was a funny guy I'm sure he still is a funny guy. I think he's. he's dead. not dead, is he?
1: I think he might be actually.
0: Oh well, then but, he was a funny.
1: <laughs> but uh, as Pat will know, as Pat will tell you, Pat from my previous podcast, Up Late with Russ and Pat, uh, I am prone to. Uh,
0: Being wrong
1: from gift to killing celebrities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just, I, I'm like, no, he's dead. And then Pat's like, really? I didn't know that. And he's like, wow. And then, and then, and then like half the time, I'm totally wrong, but he believed me because it's like, a, it's like, you said it with such conviction. Uh, but I just looked it up and yeah, Kevin Meany died two years ago. Uh, October, oh, well. October, 2016.
0: Condolences to his family.
1: He wasn't that old either.
0: Hmm. Um, hey, so, so Russ, what are we talking about today? What's our, what's our thing?
1: One of my favorite subjects, Star Trek.
0: Oh, the trek through the stars. Because
1: I'm a trekkie.
0: Or is it a trekkie or a trek-or?
1: Uh I don't care. I I think there used to be like a line like people would talk about. Um, what do you call it? Like a line between trekkie and trekker. Like trekker was like, oh, we're not trekkies. We're not. We're cooler than trekkies. We're trekkers. Please. They were
0: the. The nerds who didn't want to be nerds. Yeah,
1: exactly. Please refer to us as tricky, <laughs> trickers. We are not trickies, we're trickers. <laughs> I'm like, What what's it? You're still you're both Star Trek nerds. Who cares? <laughs> I think it's probably, you know, probably because trick E doesn't sound manly enough. I don't know. That's ridiculous. I That's, that's just
0: tricky. Silly. Silly.
1: Yeah. It's um What do you call it? Uh, Silly. Well, silly. We'll
0: go. Silly's good. So, um, uh, but Star Trek
1: time travel. That's where. Yes,
0: all all Star Trek time travel. We went through most of the um, TV series.
1: Yeah, Uh, we didn't. We don't. We're not going to talk about anything dealing with Enterprise, right?
0: Not nothing with Enterprise. Nothing with Discovery. And. uh, Nothing with... uh.
1: That's all the shows there are, Mike.
0: What was the Scott Bakula ones? That, oh, that was That's Enterprise. That's Enterprise, yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, we're not talking about that. So we just went with uh, Next Generation, DS9, and the original Star Trek. And Voyager. We did Voyager, too.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um. So... Which, which ones are we discussing today, Russ? Which uh, actual episodes?
1: Um, we're going to be talking about, well, from the original series, The City on the Edge of Forever. Is that uh, that's, the title uh, uh,
0: that's the best one.
1: Um, then uh, for Next Generation, Yesterday's Enterprise.
0: Mm, that's a good uh, one. That
1: might be my favorite. I don't know. Uh, from DS9, Deep Space Nine. Trials and Tribulations.
0: funny, yeah,
1: funny. And of course, if you're a Star Trek nerd, you'll understand that joke. The Tribble Asians, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pun. Uh, let's see what's the Voyager one from Star Trek Voyager is. Uh, a night in hell, is that what it was called?
0: A year, a year a in. A year
1: in hell. hell. That's right. It took because it takes place over the course of a year, and two episodes.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a two parter. Yeah, um... So, uh... So, if you had to rate them in those just those four episodes we're talking about, what's your favorite?
1: Uh, I would say Yesterday's Enterprise, but City on the Edge of Here Forever is pretty good, too.
0: It is a very good one. That's, that's uh... Classic Trek. Good stuff. Enjoyable. Actually had a pretty good story. Um uh, In their, uh... Their time travel, at least in that, was, uh, I think, very well done.
1: Um, wait, in City of City of uh City on the Edge of Forever?
0: Yeah. Because it wasn't um. It wasn't just like a random space storm or, some other little. Oh, we we happen to run into some.
1: Time anomaly.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was an actual. Yeah. Uh, I guess sort of like a machine that whose sole purpose was to, to be able to reshow and let people travel through time. That's, that's what it was there for.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, okay. Why don't you, can you give like a quick recap? Like there's a, there was this, uh, there's an entity, right? What would you call it? An entity or a machine?
0: I would, it was it was kind of both. It was yeah, a, an entity machine. A machine entity.
1: Right. It was because, like an AI.
0: A really smart AI. Yeah,
1: it was an artificially intelligent machine. Um, and uh, it had uh, it was like also like a portal because it had – wait, how did <laughs> – didn't you just watch this? <laughs> I did I just re I just I just rewatched it the other day and I forget how they got down to the planet. So
0: they uh they they were getting some strange readings up in space and they turns out that they were going through some fluctuations in time. So they went down to the planet to investigate. Oh no, cuz uh McCoy shot himself with some drug that made him a little crazy and he beamed himself down to the planet.
1: Oh, that's right, right? It's oh, it's it's a, something you use a lot in Star Trek. Um Oh, I want to say cortisol or something Court, like that.
0: Cortisine.
1: Cortisine, right? Because it's a that's fake, how much
0: of a nerd I am.
1: It's a fake thing, um, and they're always that's like if you're if you're that's like just whatever. They can bring you back to life, even because that's what he did. Because he got because uh, Sulu had uh, gotten injured, right? And and then mm-hmm. and then and then Bones injected him because he's like.
0: With a couple of drops.
1: Yeah, it was like a like a yeah tiny tiny bit. It's
0: essentially it's essentially adrenaline.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, so yeah, he uh, he he injects himself with a bunch of it because they go through some. On accident,
1: yeah. He's like, whoops.
0: And he beams himself down to the planet. They go looking for him, and when they're on the planet, they find the guardian that is a portal through time. It can show them any any time in their history, and it. it You know, it starts showing them all the images from, you know, ancient past and bones uh, jumps through just when they were when it was showing, uh, I think, like the 1930s or 20s or 30s. And suddenly their whole past is changed. The Enterprise vanishes. They can't get in touch with anybody. And it turns out that when bones went back, he changed their history. Now, they
1: are
0: being on the planet. They're immune to the effects of the time. They just kind of know what's
1: right because they were sort of in a bubble, you know, whatever you want to call it. it like yeah. it, like affected everything, but except for them, you know. So basically, yeah. it the Federation like didn't exist because somehow whatever Bones did in the past totally threw off history and and the timeline changed so much there was no st- Federation, right?
0: There was no Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see what you there. Anyway,
0: <laughs> so yeah, so they uh, they decide they got to go back and and uh, say, here here is uh, here is my thing. Okay, I'll just finish explaining. So they <laughs> they uh, Kirk and Spot go back into the portal. They they calculate where he would have been, and uh, they get back there. They're looking for bones, but he hasn't arrived yet. So they have to set themselves up, and they end up working at this mission for this woman, um, who. Has you know, not visions, but she can. She has kind of a foresight into the kind of space technology and atomic power and stuff that's coming up.
1: Right, because she she, for whatever reason, she's just like she's like a forward thinker, right? She's just kind yeah. of like you know, someday we'll go to the moon. You know, and they're like, yeah. Oh, oh you're ridiculous. It's <laughs> we we barely even have airplanes right now because it, it was like what? It was in 1930s, San Francisco. 19, yeah,
0: 1930. Um, so Kirk ends up falling in love with her and then they still Spock... had some
1: horse and buggies on the street.
0: Did... Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did they? I don't know if they had a horse. And yeah. Buggies. Like
1: a milk delivery or whatever. Just, I mean, there were, there were cars driving around, but there was like a, the milkman, uh, had like a horse and buggy.
0: Hmm. must've missed that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so anyway, they, uh, Spock does little experimentation and he, he builds a very rudimentary, um, uh, mechanical thing that can hook up to his <laughs> tricorder right. and he sees that this girl that Kirk is now in love with is the focal point.
1: Right. Because and... he, he had recorded stuff when they were on the planet. He recorded stuff with, um he, he like recorded the, what do you call it, the, the Guardians, like when it was like going through time, right? Like, he recorded it with his tricorder but he needed to make like a, he needed to do something to get he needed what how did he needed to make basically a computer
0: yeah make, very rudimentary computer rudimentary just so they computer, could watch yeah. the images which With, didn't really make any sense because he should have been able to watch the tricorder anyway
1: yeah isn't there a little isn't there a little screen on a tricorder anyway even back yeah. then so yeah. yeah i don't know
0: but anyway he did that and turns out that the girl was the focal point and um they at first they weren't sure whether they had to save her or let her die
1: right because he saw two pers- possibilities right there was a possibility yeah. where she died like within days and then there's another possibility where she she survived and she's like she met with um she president, met later with president it was Ro- all about uh,
0: peace and right that was what the united that was the course the united states went on
1: oh that's right and this, then because of right.
0: that they lost the second we lost the second world war and and it was just a a disaster So anyway, they, Spock, they, you know, after going through all this, they figure out, okay, she needs to die because he saw an obituary. She died in a, in a traffic accident and bone shows up and they all get to the same place at the same time. And Kirk's in love with her and, uh, she's walking across the street and a big truck comes out of nowhere. And of course the truck driver doesn't hit the brakes, and he hits her. And Kirk has to stop Bones from saving her and let her die. So she <laughs> dies, and time goes back to normal. But um, it's 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 a great episode. It's fantastic. I probably didn't do justice explaining it.
1: I was but laughing about the oh. death, but I wasn't yeah. laughing. I wasn't laughing about her dying. I was yeah. just. I was laughing about, you know, just the kind of the overacting. It was so great. I mean, you know, Bones is like, Jim. Um,
0: <laughs> Do you realize what you've done?
1: I could have saved our gem. And well, then, of course, Kirk can't look, cause in the in a matter of days that they've been there, he's fallen in love with her. Well, and, of course, because he's Kirk. You know, and so, yeah, I thought that was um, that's but a that, crazy.
0: That my one of my favorite things about this is uh, they they get to the planet, they find out what the guardian is, and he can show them all of time, and he can actually let them go through time. And Kirk's only thing is, Hey, maybe we can go back one day and stop bones from injecting himself with this. And I was like, you have all of time to play with. And (laughs) your only concern is, Oh, maybe we can stop bones from injecting himself with this (laughs) Gordazine.
1: They, they, um, what was I going to say? There was something I oh I wanted to, you know what I loved about this episode too like this is this hasn't really well it's sort of with the time travel because there's also this uh, there's also a like a, a kind of a a tie into Back to the Future because when it, um when Spock's building this computer out of vacuum tubes and you know uh, he can't even use really precious metals because they can't afford it. You know, he can't use, because he was like, Captain, could you just, could you go get me? So I need some platinum and some gold. <laughs> and, and, and there's, you know, of course, in the future of Star Trek, none of this stuff is valuable. It's just, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, no, what, whatever. We just use some platinum. We're, no big deal. But, of course, in 1930, platinum and gold are ridiculously hard to get hold of. Um and then but but Spock was uh visibly annoyed that he had to he's like I'm basically using what did he say, like rock tools, stone tools or Yeah, something. like
0: stone yeah. tools and bear skins. Right. He's
1: like, yeah. <laughs> and uh but if you're that that computer thing that he made reminded me also of the computer that uh Doc Brown made in Back to the Future three. It was remember he he had to recreate a microchip? On the hood, oh yeah that's the hood right the had the, they
0: attached it to the the front of the DeLorean yeah. right
1: <laughs> and so he basically uh, did something similar except Doc Brown had to use he was he had to use even uh, more limited technology because he they were in the eighteen hundreds
0: yes that's true yeah so the um, city on the edge of forever great episode there was some there was some kind of weirdness about the episode because. Um, Spock was recording all this on the tricorder and when they finally got it to work um I wasn't sure how it was possible that he saw both of both of her futures he saw the one with her obituary and he saw the other one where she went and met with the president
1: yeah I don't I'm not wasn't really sure how they did that either except that I know that when they were on the planet and they were talking to the guardian which is basically this weird looking stone um, archway or whatever In inside the archway was like a lot of stuff flashing by which was basically like a lot of stock footage from old, old black and white films but it was like you know like fluttering by right like and so maybe maybe that time thing was showing a lot, like a multiple possible timelines or something I don't know
0: it could have could have been but it was just a little weird because he didn't record it until after well, he was recording when Bones went through, so he wouldn't have seen um, the the future where she died. Right. He would have just seen the one where she was saved. So, yeah, so that was I mean, they're little little tiny things. And then and then there was another one that I, I picked up because I've seen this episode, you know, 10 million times where Spock is like he couldn't tell. You know, he couldn't tell exactly when she died, and um, he knew it was a traffic accident. But I'm like, if he right. saw the obituary, they would have mentioned when she died, and you know, at least probably the street that she got hit yeah, on. Yeah, at
1: the corner of whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah probably, <laughs> especially back then when you know they probably didn't care about tact as much, you know. Yeah,
0: and and my big it wasn't a it wasn't a huge problem, but my big question about it is. They get to, they go through the portal. They get to the past. How do they get back?
1: Oh well, the guy, the um, didn't the guardian say? Because didn't I think they asked him that? And I th- for some reason, I'm thinking the like guardian was like, you know, I will send you back to. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, jeez, I just rewatched this the other day.
0: Because I mean, they 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 appear just in you know a street. It was exact same street that that bones appeared on. So it was just that little alleyway.
1: Yeah. They Which, got there a mo- like a month before he did or something.
0: Yeah. If that's the case though, wouldn't that alleyway be open all the time? So if like the milkman went down that alley, yeah. he end up on that planet with the guardian. <laughs>
1: well, it, well, another problem with that whole thing was like, she was basically crossing the street cause they were there. So if they weren't there, why it was just have, I guess it just happened to be that there was a co- coincidence that she crossed the street and died that same day by the same, you know, even though they weren't there. Mm, you know what I mean? Time, is,
0: time is tricky, Russ.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's one of the, it's a paradox. It, it, yeah. It paradoxes. Could be, could be paradox.
0: But anyway, they, uh, at the end, they, they realign time as it should. They come back through the portal. Um, the Enterprise is still there because the woman was killed, and um, they're like, hey, let's go home, Captain. And, and Kirk's like, let's get the hell out of here because he's all sad and upset because the yeah. love of his life died.
1: Yet another woman in the universe that he fell in love with, or galaxy. Yeah. Did, but he did he really fall in love with all those other women? I think he just kind of screwed them.
0: No, the other ones, yeah, he was just fooling around with.
1: Cause you know, he's a player.
0: Yes. He he's Kirk. He's got that he's smoldering Kirk, gaze.
1: Um, I thought they did a pretty good job on the makeup, making, making, uh, McCoy look sick though. He, it was he got weird. Sicker. He looked
0: like he had mumps or something.
1: Yeah. Like he had like he
0: just red splotches all over his face.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they, it, it basically made him go crazy for a while and then almost kill them. Um, yeah, I also liked it when they were in the homeless shelter and, you know, uh uh Bones was just there and as just as he walks off screen, uh Spock walks in to to serve some coffee to the homeless guys and he's and he's he just missed him. You know, just I don't missed know. Him. And you're like, "Oh,
0: he's right there." He's right
1: there. There he is. <laughs> um and of course, that was looked like it was all filmed on the back lot at Paramount Studios in beautiful downtown yeah. Burbank.
0: Beautiful downtown Burbank.
1: Actually Paramount isn't in Burbank, is it?
0: No. Uh Paramount is
1: like North Hollywood or something.
0: Somewhere like else. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: not. You should know this stuff. You, I you, should you know exactly lived... where it is.
0: I'm sure if I had a magical box in front of me that looks up all information, <laughs> I could look it up right now. you looked
1: at you looked but you've lived in LA for like ten years or something. No, like I'm I'm lucky I can find years. my way
0: home every day
1: you're driving home uh, how did i end up in arizona oh uh, i really need to get a map i gotta, I
0: gotta get a, a google map
1: dude you need to use Waze or something
0: well something's wrong with my phone and for some reason i can't connect the gps
1: oh well, that sucks it's
0: i don't know what what it is so I,
1: something I... in your settings you did probably you probably fucked it up yeah, probably. I need a new phone anyway. Uh, but I wanted to mention this since we're not going to talk about the episode, uh, really, because we were, we're not going to really talk about um, uh, Time Zero and the next generation. But Time s data got sent back in time on accident. I can't remember how he did it, but he got sent back to, like, uh, what, the early 19th century?
0: Yeah, 1860-something
1: or I guess I should say late 19th century at the time Mark Twain was was popular or he was um, you know he was
0: yeah they made they made Mark Twain in that episode kind of kind of a little douchey
1: yeah he was kind of a douche because he discovered that they were um, time travelers or something and yeah you know, he was and he was kind of fucking with him he was like, um, he's like it's kind of a dick actually he was yeah, so uh, like, yeah. But know, um, uh, I liked it because uh um, we found out that you know Guineen is really old, which we already knew I guess, but you know, and she was on earth for some reason, I don't know why.
0: She was but, she was uh, hanging out watching people.
1: Um but that episode did a call back to the city on the edge of uh, edge of forever because Data also had to make some sort of computer equipment uh, from the you know the technology of the day. Um, so he guess he was more he was using stuff more like Back to the Future's time then.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. That was a, it was a good one. That was that was an okay one. That Time Zero was an okay episode. It wasn't great. It was okay.
1: Well, but we're not so, discussing that one. <laughs> is City on the Edge of Forever? That you said that's your favorite.
0: That's my favorite time travel um, episode. Time travel next or uh star trek episode
1: wow that's pretty high praise written by
0: harlan ellison
1: i didn't know that the late harlan ellison didn't he just yes. die last year
0: uh, he died sometime
1: or am i thinking of somebody else
0: no he is dead i know he's dead
1: i think that was last year i you so, know i've never read much of his stuff i mean i don't think i've ever read one of his books
0: He did have some good stuff, but I know that he was, I think this was one of those uh, stories where um, he, he had some litigation against some other people, I think in the twilight zone where he says they stole the idea um, for one of their episodes. And I I remember watching the episode. He said it was, it was about like two, two time travelers or something like that. It might've not been this one. Anyway, I'll, uh, I'll stop talking about that. So he wrote, wrote for, uh, he wrote for
1: he uh, wrote for Twilight Zone as well.
0: I believe he did write for Twilight Zone, a couple episodes.
1: Hmm. I think. Interesting.
0: Or maybe he he wrote for this and then they stole it from the Twilight Zone. I don't know. I I can't bother to look up these facts, Ross. <laughs> why you, you Why can't. should I be prepared now?
1: Well, because your friend Adam is listening <laughs> and. And he 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 would prefer. <laughs> yeah, to be he's gonna, prepared. he's
0: going to have a little uh, conniption. I'll probably get a a text or an email. I think <laughs> Adam
1: would. Happens. What do you think Adam would think of the? Uh, since he was in our last episode, you know, what would you think he would think of of the time travel? Um, I think mecha- this, mechanism. I think in, this device city. in
0: his in his rating system would probably be pretty low, like a three flux capacitors. Yeah, because it's actually something you know, like future technology, and he didn't think that that was good.
1: Yeah, he prefers the natural occurring phenomena that has... Yeah, he prefers
0: something that's crazy out of the blue that can't be explained, and he gives that higher ranking. But we're not going to use his stuff because it's a terrible system.
1: Yeah, I don't like the Adam Adam system. That's
0: right, it's terrible.
1: I don't like the Labarkin system of time travel rating machine stuff. Yeah. We have to come up with our own... He was he had he had a flux capacitor what was what was his 1 to 10 flux capacitors. Yeah.
0: yeah. We should do like 1 to 10 Martys or something.
1: Something diff something different. Is basically it seemed like you and I had you, you and I kind of looked at it as like just the opposite of his. Like yeah, we're he, on the if, same page, right? I think if, if he would we... give it a high rating we would give it low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think well I mean, I don't know, I'm thinking of it from writing or a storytelling place and I just think it's just it's just so easy to just say it's a it's it's a phenomena, right? It's like, oh you know, just some phenomenon. Whoa how did they get there? We don't know. It's you know, I don't know.
0: It just happened.
1: Like the next episode we're gonna talk about. Which is Yesterday's Enterprise.
0: Oh, this is your favorite.
1: Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think this is my favorite. Um, and they, you know, they, you know, the Enterprise is going through space, as as they do, and uh, <laughs> on occasion, and um, they encounter a rift in space time. And don't they always say like, "We're detecting elevated tachyon particles"?
0: Yeah, this one. If this was uh, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. It is a they were getting waves of time displacement. It was a temporal rift, hmm. and uh, data data named it a curloop loop from superstring theory, hmm. which I looked up and it doesn't actually exist. So they just they just wrote that in. They're like, oh, this looks pretty good.
1: So they took string theory and then just made something up, like a futuristic yeah. version of it.
0: Yeah, they just made up a name like. Um, you know, in, in one of their other episodes, uh, Cause and Effect, which was essentially their Groundhog Day episode. Right. That was a temporal causality loop. And in this one, they called this a curl loop. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but yeah, they just, they made it up and it made it sound good.
1: I call shenanigans. Yeah. Well, you know, Star Trek, do, they do that a lot with things just because there's, you know, there's certain things that deal with physics and stuff. And then they're like. And then they just it's like the it's like the inertial dampeners you know if you're <laughs> which always it still baffles me they have inertial dampeners which which makes it so you can s- sit there as if you're just you know sitting still except you accelerate to crazy speeds, but you're just sitting there naturally la da 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 but the inertial dampler dampeners apparently don't work so well when you're getting shot. You know, from another spaceship, because then everything goes and you're shaking around and like sparks are flying and stuff.
0: Hmm. You should you should write them a a letter and find out what's going on.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't buy the the technology of the inertial dampeners. Uh, And then also the uh, what is it? The. um, Oh, what is that compensator they use for the transporters? Uh, Uh, I don't know. Um, there's like it's a Heisenberg compensator or something, so there's this physicist that, um, basically said, I want to say his name's Heisenberg. Basically, said, There is no way you can predict where a molecule, you know, or an atom will be at any specific point in time because they're always moving, right? Like, you know, the atoms are like, you know, they're moving, and the molecules,
0: <laughs> how do they go? Do they make going, that noise? They,
1: <laughs> if you could hear them <laughs> so they're moving well for a transporter to work it has to know it has to take all of your molecules uh turn them into energy or or a signal right it basically takes you tears you apart mm-hmm. and then and then reassembles you uh which technically not you because it's another, because it's creating matter out of energy at another point, but basically it's, you know, with with um, the molecules that it just had, right? So it's... Mm-hmm. I, I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But... So by the way that the transporter works, because of Heisenberg's, uh, the Heisenberg principle, uh, it wouldn't work because... The transporter – there would be no way for the transporter to know where the molecules are going to be at any given point is what I'm saying.
0: Well, Um, as as far as I know, and I don't know much physics, but I've I've, uh, read about this or heard about it. There are – like you can know where a molecule is, but you can't know like its speed and rotation or you can know – it's speed and rotation, but you don't know where it is, so it's only one or the other.
1: I got you. So here's that you're probably you're probably talking right about the what I just looked up called the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. I want to give myself a pat on the back for remembering his name. By the way,
0: <laughs> well done.
1: Uh, it's the uncertainty principle, or or.
0: Yeah, you okay? So okay, I'll let you see. I just see it right here.
1: Uh. The uh, Uncertainty Principle or the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle or inter Indeterminacy Principle Statement. I think
0: we're looking at the exact same page. Probably,
1: probably. Um, Are you
0: on Britannica?
1: uh, Yeah, Britannica, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We must have Googled it and got it. We both, yeah. It says that the position and the velocity of an object cannot be measured exactly at the same time. That's what basically what you were saying. So yes, we, we were could, we were in agreement, and we were talking yeah. about the same thing. We didn't even know you
0: it. You know the position, but you can't know the velocity. So right. they couldn't do the transporter thing because they would know the position.
1: Yeah, but you you have to know – but you also have to – I mean – yeah, but I think – well – I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look up the Star Trek thing because. But
0: it, it also says here the very concepts of exact position and exact velocity together, in fact, have no meaning in nature. So, they're probably just going by that.
1: Well, I don't know, but there's then you would you why would you need why wouldn't you need why would you need a Heisenberg compensator then? Maybe they just named it after. Okay, so here's He's
0: a pretty famous physicist.
1: Here is. Yes, but specifically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you because the, we're, we're so deep in the nerdy, <laughs> the, the nerd, whatever, the nerdery or whatever, the Star Trek, in the Trekkie nerd stuff. Uh, this is from Memory Alpha, which is a, basically a kind of a Wikipedia sort of thing for Star Trek. Uh, and it says the Heisenberg compensator was a component of the transporter system. The compensator worked around the problems caused – caused by the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, allowing the transporter sensors to compensate for their inability to determine both the position and the momentum of the target particles to the same degree of accuracy. They fixed it. Right, but it's just like... um, Yeah, but it doesn't... It's just like... It's just... My point... My whole point of bringing this up was it's just like... It's like the writers like, how are we gonna get over the, uh, you know, how do the transporters work, you know, when you consider the Heisenberg uh, uncertainty principle, and they'll go, well, we'll just have to build in a uh, compensator for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like so the, tra-
0: the transporters shouldn't actually have been able to work anyway, especially when they were just beaming down to a planet, because right. there was nothing to reassemble them.
1: Well, it's it's sending energy down, so it's like, yeah, it's. Well, see, that's, (laughs) I know, I know what you're saying. I know why you're saying that because when they beam into the, into the ship, they beam into, onto a little platform thing. Yeah. Um, And that's, but I always just assume that they're just beaming. They're also beaming a beam of energy to a spot. And so.
0: Well, yeah, but the, on the, on the ship there, the energy is coming into the, you know, the transporter, which is reassembling them on the planet. They're beaming the energy down, but there's nothing to reassemble them. It's just energy being beamed down. So they, anytime they go to a planet that doesn't have another transporter or some machine that could reassemble them, there's, they wouldn't ever be reassembled.
1: They, are, they can because the transporter beam from the ship is powerful enough to reassemble them down on this planet. Mm. As long as there's not as long as there's not interference and stuff.
0: Well, it works. So, (laughs) you know, I can't argue with it because on TV they always got beamed down perfectly. So. I guess. But it's, you know, it really shouldn't work.
1: Not by the science we understand today, anyway.
0: <laughs> not, not, not by all the science that we understand today. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and clearly, you and I don't understand a lot of <laughs> science. You mentioned the string theory early, and you know, super string theory, which apparently is not a real thing. But no, no, super I
0: string, string theory and super string theory are real things. It's I know string
1: theory are, is
0: that that curl loop. Does oh, the not
1: curl exist. loop. Okay, the curl loop part. Yeah. I don't even understand string theory, but, you know, I try. I get a headache when I, I mean, I read a book recently called, uh, or it was a year or two ago, I guess now, but. And it was dealing with, um, um, it was called um, A Universe from Nothing.
0: Oh, yeah, I have that book. I haven't read it yet.
1: Um, It's good, And, and, and it's good because. It's meant for dumb lay people like us, you know, I mean <laughs> with just a tertiary knowledge of science, and even then even they even though they're explaining it, you know this this like quantum physics uh to specifically to lay people i'm I still was getting a headache, I'm like, uh, oh, I think I get what you're saying, you know, well, I don't know, anyway,
0: let's get back to the episode
1: back to the episode they. Uh, speaking of Guinan, as we were talking about in, the, in just a minute ago, she she's a focus of this episode too because she's the only one who realizes that something has changed. Because what happens is there's like a you know like a flash of light or something you know, and then um, Guinan goes up to the bridge, which is rare. What
0: what what happens? You gotta what what happens I that causes this thing?
1: Well, the temporal rift. Yeah, but what,
0: what comes through the temporal if, rift? I don't remember. It's called a spaceship, Russ.
1: I, f- I feel like I'm... This- the episode that you just watched is like a- your
0: favorite. I don't know what happened. To no, no,
1: I didn't just watch this one. It's been a couple of months since I watched this one again.
0: Um, Here, let me let me start you off. They're in space, as they sometimes right. are uh they run across a Oh time that's right I system. forgot.
1: Okay go ahead. Yeah yeah go ahead. And then
0: ahead. uh they're like oh our sensors are picking something up and out of the the rift comes the Enterprise thinking... C which right. is the predecessor of of Captain Picard's Enterprise. And as soon as that happens time changes. Right. And uh instead of the Enterprise now being a peaceful ship it's a warship and yes, they're in a big Picard's big...
1: Picard's ship is a warship, right? Who was the captain of the Enterprise C? On that, it was a woman. I can't remember her name though.
0: Um, captain, lady, something or other. But you, you finish. You finish your explanation. Let me look it up <laughs> for you. Uh,
1: and so, uh, there's subtle things like the uniforms are a little different. Um, the bridge is a little bit different, uh, and and then so Guinan arrives on the bridge. She's like "Captain, Captain, something's wrong."
0: That doesn't sound anything like Guinan.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't I think I don't I don't have a Whoopi Goldberg impression <laughs> uh that I can just whip out. And so uh Captain Picard is annoyed because he's um in military mode for one thing. Uh and he's like, "How do you know this?" because uh wh- you know, and, and and like, "What do you how can you, you know, explain this or whatever?" She's like, I don't know. I just know this isn't right. Um. But how do they figure out?
0: Wow, this up? is this is going downhill pretty quick, Russ.
1: Oh, this is awful. I did not so, prepare. anyway,
0: anyway, uh, the the name of the captain on the Enterprise C was Rachel Garrett.
1: Captain Garrett.
0: Now they were in a they were in a, a not battle be confused with
1: by Mrs. With Mrs. Yes, Garrett. That's true. <laughs> From different strokes. And <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, maybe yeah, she's he, a distant relative. She could be. Uh, yeah, future relative. Um, what are you talking about? So West? anyway, the, the Enterprise C was in a battle with uh, some Romulan warbirds. Romulans. After they had um, gone to, uh, to check out a distress signal sent by the Klingons. And they got into a big battle this rift, rift opened up and they went through it and ended up in uh, like 50 years in the future. But Guinan's the only one who knows something's wrong. Right. Even though she can't really explain it, all she knows is we're not supposed to be a ship of war, we're supposed to be a ship of peace. And um,
1: How do they really explain it? Is this because her, her race of people, um, that's like something they can do or that yeah, she's they, just so old and like maybe they have a Different connection with the space-time continuum. Yeah, they
0: have like a different temporal sense. So even though she can't explain it, which – and it always kind of cracked me up watching this that, you know, this is a ship of war and they're in the middle of a giant 20-year battle with the Klingons. And anyone, even Guinan, can just walk up to the bridge and be like, hey, Captain, um, I got to tell you something because you wouldn't think that on a ship of war just the person who runs 10 forward would be able to walk up there and – have a little chit chat with the captain.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But they are friends, so yeah. You know, so
0: anyway, uh, Tasha Yar is back on ops. Or no, right? She's technical. right. Technical. And Guinan shouldn't know her because Guinan never met her.
1: Right. Because and he they was... go
0: through this whole big thing, and they're like, "Hey, you guys got to go back through this rift," and they're like, "We're going to be destroyed if we go back through the rift." And then Captain Picard tells her, "Hey, the the war is going badly." We're probably going to have to surrender. One more ship staying here in the future isn't going to help. But if you went back and defended the Klingon outpost and were destroyed, that would be a thing of honor for the Klingons, and then we wouldn't be in this war. So uh, they decide to go back, and Tasha goes with them so she can have a meaningful death.
1: Right. They and... real. Yeah. They because they realized that the the war. Uh, that,
0: that, at least according to Gynon,
1: right? According to Gynon, she like figured out that the the Enterprise C, having not been destroyed, just having been missing, or something, right? There's like changes time, and they they lose that battle. In other words, the Enterprise is going to have to get destroyed so that they don't lose the war, right? And then so
0: the war never starts.
1: Right, right. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. the war between um, which turns the which turned the uh, Starfleet into a military force instead of an exploratory. Yeah.
0: So, they, yeah. so they go back. Uh, they send the Enterprise C back through the rift to be destroyed.
1: But you forgot to mention why Tashi Yar goes back. In part because she fell in love. She fell in love, <laughs> but
0: mostly it was because Guinan said um, you aren't supposed to be here. Uh, yeah, I wasn't she, supposed to know she, you and your death was her, meaningless.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she convinced her that, um, yeah, in the other timeline, that it was a meaningless because that 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 goo monster killed her, for, yeah, the no, big for tar, no good tar, the tar monster yeah, for no reason because he was just an asshole, and uh,
0: you know why she was uh, off of Star Trek? Uh,
1: no, that's a good question. Yeah, why did she? Because that was like the second season, right? Or uh, maybe even. Or- for-
0: Second, yeah, second season. And this is – I actually could probably look this up, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go by memory because she, I believe she posed for Playboy. Because
1: you're a bigger nerd than I am.
0: Yeah, I believe she posed for Playboy, and they were like, no, no, we can't have a – Really? Uh, yeah, so they kicked her off the show.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And actually, the, the final episode she's in is not the final episode she filmed. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode that was her – Final filming episode, but there's oh really yeah. There's one scene where she's in the computer bay or whatever in the the uh, shuttle bay working on something, and Captain Picard leaves. And as the doors are closing, she actually waves to the camera. Just a very subtle thing in the background, but that was her last filmed episode.
1: You really are a nerd.
0: Yeah, I was a nerd, still am. Um,
1: But. Uh, I'm gonna have to look into that further, just because that fascinates me. That, you know, just the prudishness of of the late '80s, early '90s. You know, mm. ridiculous.
0: Yeah, my my question about this episode is, right. why was the why were they in a war with the Klingons? Because the Romulans were attacking the Klingon outpost, and just say, even even if they didn't, but the the um, federation went to help them or to, to help the Klingons. Yeah. So then they got it. The, the federation got into a battle with the Romulans. So right. why was there a big war with the Klingons? You know, the Klingons and the Romulans should have been at odds. It shouldn't have anything to do with the federation.
1: Well, because maybe it's because the, 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 the federation uh, is allies with, with the Klingons. So. But they
0: weren't at the time. I think they were like negotiating,
1: Oh, that's great right, peace. When did well
0: w- this happened 50 years ago when when the Klingons and yeah, the un-
1: but didn't the Klingons uh get peace when Captain Kirk was still around?
0: No, no, the Klingons in the Federation hated each other when in Captain Kirk's time.
1: What a but what wasn't what was the whole wasn't the whole plot of Star Trek 6? The voyage home, like the the Klingons and the Federation coming uh, to peace, or was it just like like a precursor to that?
0: Um, I don't remember Star Trek six, um, so I, I can't I can't say. So man, Star I'm not Trek that much S- of a nerd.
1: Star, <laughs> Star Trek six also is called you know the um, the undiscovered country, and it also had Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon. OK, you don't remember that at all, do you?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. I liked um, Star Trek Two.
1: Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. From Back to the future. M- Mike, didn't you didn't you subscribe to the mantra? Even numbered Star Trek films do not suck. Um,
0: I will say that they were probably better. And I, I did like two and I really liked four. I I I know I saw six, but I couldn't tell you anything about what it was about.
1: Uh, well, you'll just, you'll have to, you went from like super nerd to like, <laughs> not quite, a nerd. not quite a, you know, just kind of like, and you
0: borderline you, nerd, you,
1: you've been downgraded yeah. to tricker, yeah. <laughs> you're just now a tricker, you were not nerdy enough for a tricky, <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Star Trek Four. Speaking of Star Trek Four, it also used time travel. They had to go back in time. Yes, they, to had, San, they San had to
0: slingshot around the sun, which I guess was going to accelerate them past the speed of light.
1: Yeah, that's I. That's bullshit. Just because I we did we talk about this before? Because uh, <laughs> when you okay, out, according right? to Einstein, if you go fast enough, well, the faster you go. The more time slows down. So if you're orbiting, so like the you know the people in this in the um, space station going around this you know going around the Earth like thousands of miles an hour, they are actually aging slower than we are on Earth. It's like minuscule. It's barely barely noticeable. But if you were to take two clocks, two atomic clocks, set to the exact same you know second right or millisecond or however however whatever the accuracy of an atomic clock is. And then you take one of them up in space on the on, on the uh, International Space Station and then you brought it down later, it would be off by a little bit because it, it would be behind the one that's on Earth. Um, and so as I understand, there's two things happening. Gravity affects it. Gra- the more gravity there is, the, 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 the um, that speeds up time. Uh, and then the faster you go, it uh, slows down time, but you don't go back in time. It's not well, like Superman. You you know you go around the Earth and then it turns back time. It doesn't work that way. Well,
0: I, I think that um, if we ever decide to do another podcast, it should be on okay. physics, <laughs> because <laughs> us like, trying to explain physics would be much. Mike, much, that's uh, like homework. We'd have to do.
1: We'd have to do a lot of homework because we're just like going off the cuff with this stuff, <laughs> and 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 if we're gonna do a whole episode about the physics of time travel, man, we'd have to we do have to really like read stuff.
0: No, I, I think I think we should just do another an entire different podcast <laughs> about all the physics stuff that you know Heisenberg uncertainty principle and. Einstein's theory of relativity and all this stuff.
1: Is that your way? Is that your subtle way of telling me to stop talking about this stuff? No,
0: no. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that we, should, we shouldn't do much research. We should just explain <laughs> it to, to the other people who don't know um, as much as or less than we do. So we would seem very smart. But to someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who if he ever wants to come on our show, is more than welcome. Um, we would seem like complete idiots. I would find that very humorous.
1: <laughs> I think we already sound like complete idiots <laughs> on, just, just on this time, on this episode. I mean, this podcast, this topic, you know. But, okay, so...
0: Um, so Enterprise-C comes through a time displacement or a temporal rift. Right. And, uh, yeah, so then they go back and everything's good and... No one knows anything except Guinan, who then, at the very end, asks Jordi Laforge to tell her about Tasha Yar.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so now, some, somehow, she retained a little knowledge, or like something about her, right? Because Yeah,
0: you know. she remembered uh, remembered something.
1: And there's also a corny part at the end too, where where she calls up to the bridge, Captain. Is everything okay? Or something like that. And it was kind of corny, like, uh, yeah, it's fine. Why? Oh, nothing. Never mind. I don't know. It was, it was like one of those corny, like, you know, TV moments where she was just checking and everything's good. And so she, yeah, she's, she's having coffee or whatever. Or, uh, rock the Gino with, uh, (laughs) with Jordy.
0: That's Klingon coffee.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> which we can talk about in a moment. We got to get. So, okay. So we've been wasting too much time, but the, um, we, yeah, cause we still have to get to the, the, okay. Okay. It's Deep space nine, the trials and tribulations. Okay.
0: Um, um, yeah, you can, you can do this one. Uh, I will say that the way that they went back in time in this one was just super simple, super easy. Uh, It was one of the orbs that the prophets occasionally sent down to Bajor. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This was the orb of time. And either the box opened or somebody opened it and boom, suddenly they find themselves back in um, Captain Kirk's time.
1: Yeah, but what I don't understand or I don't remember is uh, how did they happen to be not only travel back in time, but they traveled... To another space station.
0: Um. Oh no! Wait. The I for the um. Oh, that's right. There was a, from what I remember, there was a. Uh, a Klingon. Who was on the ship. And, he was the one that opened the orb of time because he wanted to go back and. Chain oh, that's that right. Because they went on a shuttle.
1: Episode. They went on a shuttle after him, right? The, yeah. The, that's right. They weren't, and so they weren't, uh, or maybe they were on the Defiant. I don't remember, but they weren't. They weren't on Deep Space Nine, so they were away yeah. from it. They were going towards, yeah. And then they, and then they showed up, and they're like, "Oh, this is the, uh, this is the old, um, you know, whatever the space station was, in that old Star Trek, the original series episode that deals with that." the 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 famous one with the tribbles, the little furry things that multiply like crazy. Mm
0: hmm So go ahead, finish finish explaining uh, the episode.
1: Well, I'll try to do it quickly. Uh, (laughs) That's not gonna. The the the, the, uh so they go to the space station. Uh, it is. It's uh, uh, Commander Cisco. Is he commander? Because he's technically not a captain, but people refer to him as a captain. But is, he's, I think, yeah, I think his uh, rank is commander. But uh, Cisco, Dax is there. Uh, uh, the Doctor, Doctor Bashir, whatever his name is, and O'Brien. Uh, uh, O'Brien, yes, Engineer O'Brien. Worf. And Worf. And Odo. And Odo, yeah. Okay, here's what I wanted to ask you. So they get over there, and of course they have to cover up. Um, they have to cover up uh, Worf's head. Because back in that day, for some reason, you know, the Klingons didn't look like that. They didn't have the ridges on their head and stuff. Uh, but why didn't, they, why didn't they worry about Odo looking like a creature that, you know, an alien that nobody's seen before? Because Odo...
0: He looks, he looks human enough. He just doesn't look totally human because he, he can't, for some reason, um, shape-shift into look perfectly human.
1: That also, that also bugs me too, but that's not, a, not a thing. he can perfectly replicate a coffee table, but he can't, but he, but he can't turn, he can't, he has trouble with like human noses and ears human and features stuff.
0: features are delicate, Russ. A coffee table is just a coffee table. <laughs>
1: Oh man. Anyway, uh, it, I, I mean, that's not a, that's not even an extreme example because he does in in Deep Space Nine. He turns himself into all kinds of stuff like that, a coffee table, you know, a container, a weird, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, so then so then they're going after. They're trying to find the guy, right? And uh, and then there's there's this. Then they intercut. They not in her cut even. They superimposed the Deep Space Nine characters into that episode of the original series, which is awesome. Which was kinda neat, yeah, that was fun. Um I think if they did it today it would be it would make me look a little bit better, but uh it works it worked well enough. Uh, <laughs> and there's a great scene of course in the bar. Uh that's where the that's <laughs> where Odo like uh, ordered rectagino Is that how you say it? Ractagino?
0: Ractagino.
1: Rectigino. And then, and then the uh, yeah, Gino, And then the wait, the waitress is like, "You're the second person who's ordered that. What is that? It's Klingon coffee." Wait, somebody else ordered that, you know. And then, you know. Anyway, um, but why wouldn't they know that if there because are Kling, the- there are Klingons on that space station?
0: Yeah, but the Klingon – that's when the Klingons and the Federation were kind of at odds. So that there weren't a lot of interaction with the species. So the Klingons were just there. Um, yeah. Hanging out, taking some shore leave. They still wouldn't have had Ractigeno, which doesn't really make any sense because they have replicators. All they had to do is program in Ractigeno. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. If it's a space station that may be frequented by – Klingons, you would think that maybe the bar, or the restaurants, might say, "Hey, what do Klingons like to drink?" You think they drink, you know, oh, they like this Racta Racta-Gino stuff. It's their version of coffee.
0: I don't know. Anyway,
1: um, uh, so the, I guess the, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so they're tracking down this this Klingon guy who is gonna. He put a bomb in one of the tribbles to blow up Kirk in the, the space station. Right, right. And so Cisco and Dax were looking for it, as were uh, O'Brien. No, O'Brien and Bashir and the others were trying to track down the actual guy, the Klingon uh, guy who came back in time. And right. uh, yeah, so they end up finding the the bomb in one of the Tribbles. They beam it out into space. Bomb goes off. Tribbles are safe. Kirk's safe. Space Station's safe. And then they capture the, the Klingon spy and somehow manage to return to their own time.
1: I liked some of the... This has nothing to do with time travel though, but just some of the things like, like the older technology, like they get in the turbo lift, like Deck 21 <laughs> and it doesn't go anywhere. They don't realize, oh, you have to turn the little handle here. Yeah, they
0: did that in uh, actually Star Trek 4 as well. That was a little.
1: Oh, and they they, they talked to the elevator. Scotty was trying to use the
0: computer. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He's like, hello, computer. And he's like, then uh, Bones hands him the mouse and he starts talking into the mouse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was funny.
1: Oh, man. Um,. And also the the clothes they wear and the colors are different because the colors you know in the in in next generation red is for like officers or whatever right and or well not just officers but a certain kind of officer I, I forget like the I need to look into that because I uh, I was thinking about that recently like you know how come how come um, a captain has red but so does an ensign.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
1: So it's not just colors. Like in, I I feel like in the original Star Trek, uh, different colors were for different levels or something. You know, uh, I mean, you know, Cap, Captain Kirk had yellow or gold, I guess. And um, then you had, <clears throat> excuse me, Spock was wearing blue. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think. But Bones, Bones
0: wore blue too.
1: Yeah, Bones wore blue too. Hmm.
0: Yeah, they did explain it. They said something like uh, red was. Um, Command, and yellow yeah. was like engineering and something like that. Yeah, because they
1: said that in this Deep Space Nine episode because they're like, we need to get, you know, into clothes for the day, you know. And then he's like, oh, are you? Are you? Uh, is that? Are you a captain? And he was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna pretend I'm just a, whatever he says, lieutenant. Yeah. I guess he didn't want to. He didn't want to like throw, you know, um, what do you call it? He didn't want to risk it too much with, uh, you know, making himself a captain, like draw attention to them. Yeah. They wanted to try to blend in, which was funny because when they got, you know, they got into the fight with the Klingons in the bar and they got involved with. The, and then and then Captain Kirk was all pissed off about his his crew members getting into the fight with Klingons and they're all lined up with them. It's like, who's going to tell me who started it? And he looks right at uh,
0: Scotty. Um, no. no, O'Brien.
1: O'Brien, you're racist. It's... <laughs> how, is, how is that racist? <laughs> <laughs> because you're you're racist against it. engineers. Because Scotty Scotty is Scottish and O'Brien is Irish.
0: Well, they're and they're, they're both, both engineers. Red hairs.
1: You don't like gingers. Just admit it. You're you're you're
0: O'Brien's you're, not a ginger. Neither is Scotty.
1: Well, O'Brien is a ginger. Scotty O'Brien, Scotty O'Brien is not that. a ginger. Scott uh, O'Brien has red hair, Mike.
0: O'Brien does not have red hair, Russ. Oh my God.
1: What color is O'Brien's hair?
0: I think it's brown.
1: Mm-mm. He's got like reddish curly, curly hair.
0: I'm going to look him up right now.
1: <laughs> okay, well,
0: <laughs> it's definitely not red hair.
1: I think you would tell if you, you most people would consider him a ginger. I and mean, he's not, he's not like, uh,
0: he's not like a real ginger.
1: He's not like a, like a, um,
0: he's not Prince, like a Harry,
1: Prince Harry ginger or whatever the guy's name, <laughs> you know, like, uh, Oh, he's ginger. He's Irish and he's ginger. Anyway. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. We, we got to get. We got to finish this up. We have to wrap it up. We still have to talk about Star Trek Voyager, <laughs> which is a two episode. You know, it's a two episode fiasco. It's the year in hell.
0: The year in hell. This so was. So I know uh, you're
1: not a big fan of Voyager.
0: But... No, no, not at all. But it was. It was okay. This episode was. Was I liked the the idea of the episode? They um, there was a ship run by. Um Red from that 70 show.
1: Right. Oh yes, Red Foreman, yeah.
0: Red Foreman. and uh, he uh, found a way that he could literally re, I guess rewire molecules and send them back in time and alter the the course of events in history. So his ship was somehow out of time, but he could find right. every point in time and change it to what he wanted. And he wanted to take his kind of failing society and make it into the grand, um, like, galactic empire that it should have been.
1: Right before, did was he trying to re, Was he trying to um, turn back time to a specific point, which was like the turning point when they started to lose power no, or I whatever? Think he,
0: no, he just wanted to to get them back to being the like the great race that they. They had been, but he had to follow like different time branches and different timelines and he had to get everything perfect. But the real thing that he was trying to do, which was, you know, a little silly because he had altered one event, which let the the Empire be great again. But it also took away his wife and his kid and like one one other little town and country on their planet.
1: Right.
0: And even though he got 98% of what he wanted, he still didn't have his wife and his kid back, so he's like, nope, we gotta keep trying. And Yeah,
1: and uh, much to the chagrin of his crew.
0: Yeah, they they had been at this for something like 200 years.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. So they, because their ship was out of time, like, they didn't age? They didn't age,
0: yeah. They just, they kind of, I don't know exactly where they were in time, but they were outside the timeline, so they were at this for centuries trying to trying to get everything put in place the way he wanted to and then a whole big thing with voyager they because of the the changes he was making the ship somehow got into a battle with another ship and it was um, not doing well and they had to kept keep uh pulling pieces off it to to make yeah. sure that it worked properly. They had some and sort it... of
1: temporal shields though, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Make... They
0: eventually had some temporal shields and some temporal bombs that they went and they found this big ship. And yeah, that's right. I forgot a big about that. battle and which didn't really make any sense. Cause when they destroyed the time ship, everything went back to the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense, but
1: <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you about, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Cause I so have it. They... Yeah.
0: They destroyed the time ship and everything shifted back to the way it was and everybody was happy. And... Well,
1: do you want to tell how it destroyed the time ship? Like, do you remember? Because no. Janeway was the last person on the Voyager ship. Everybody <laughs> else had abandoned ship on shuttles or was dead. And That's she right. and she just said, you know, she had no weapons left. She had no shields, and she's like. And she decided to just ram. I don't even know how. She, that's what I was going to ask you. So she decides, I'm going to ram their weapon ship, whatever, right? Like the the because the, the weapon was like shoot these would shoot this beam of energy, and it would turn back time, for whatever it was shooting, right? So then, but she's going to ram it. She goes, and if I'm correct, it will set things back the way they were. I'm like, how did she figure that? <laughs> Where did she come up with that? And then, not only that, but. How did she come up with it? But the guy who invented the weapon couldn't have come up with it because if he – why wouldn't – after all these things he was <laughs> trying, he could have just said, let's just blow up our own ship and it will go back to you know where we want to go, which was back to his wife back in time or whatever. Not, not even back in time, but to fix the timeline. Oh, man. Now – it See, was, yeah,
0: it wasn't it – wasn't the, this is why I didn't like Voyager. Now, it wasn't the best episode. Yeah.
1: Now I'm liking this episode or these two episodes less than I did. And I just rewatched it today. And I was yeah. like, oh, that was kind of good except for the end. Then it's like one of those things where the more you think about it, you're like, wait a second.
0: It was a, oh. it was a long – a two-parter, a long episode. didn't need to be two-parter. Um, but yeah, I mean for, for a time travel one um, – actually it wasn't too much time travel. It was more of time alteration. But yeah, it was, you know, as a as a Voyager episode, I thought it was it was fairly good.
1: Yeah, and then um Voyager had some other time travel episodes. Uh, oh yeah, that but, other
0: one I watched that I didn't really like.
1: Yeah, you didn't like that one and I rewatched that one just for you, Mike. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Cuz then we didn't even talk about it. And then and then um next like,
0: generation had a at a bunch of time travel ones
1: they probably had the most oh you know what i did like though i we forgot to mention about deep space 9 is the temporal like police the time police the time oh, yeah. <laughs> what did they call like temporal something agency or something like Starfleet's? and they were not they were like like uh, th- they were sourpusses cuz they got on the space station they're like oh nothing like the temporal agency to be right on time they were not they they had. They were like, "That's not funny." Like, "Oh, okay," but the but it was nice too because because Cisco's like, "All right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna go back in time. We're going And he's like, "Yep." He's like, "All right. Well, as long as as long as we don't screw anything up, because I really don't want to have to talk to the temporal agency, whatever those guys were called."
0: And then he had to talk. And then he them. had to talk to
1: them. But <laughs> um, I liked it too because they mentioned going back to Kirk's time, and they're like, "Oh, you met up with." the enterprise and captain kirk oh yes he's got a lot of violations <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah he did, he did a kirk, kirk did a lot of stuff kirk and uh, they kind of insinuate like you know because there's you know kirk was did a lot of stuff that we didn't see in the show or the movies because you know a lot of time passed but um but it's like Picard in the in the prime directive you know Picard's like it's a prime directive unless it's something he cares about. That he's like, fuck the prime directive. <laughs> <laughs> the line must be drawn here.
0: <laughs> that's good. That's, that's a good one. That's,
1: that's that's one of my favorite Picard lines. It's from um, First Contact. Yeah. Line must be drawn here. You know, I, I just, that's a great scene too. Because Picard rarely loses his cool. But when he does... Man, you gotta watch out. He's in, yeah, he's, he's a badass. He's a badass. But that was when he was talking to what's her name? Um, I can't remember her name. But she was the she was, she was from the she was from the you know uh, she was she was Cochrane's assistant or whatever or partner uh, or whatever scientist or whatever. I don't know. He was talking about the Borg. Oh,
0: yeah. um, that was another
1: thing I liked. That I did like about. In Voyager, they reference first contact because Seven of Nine, who at this point hadn't been on the show very long, because she mentioned something about how she's been she's been a, an individual for only a few months or whatever. Right. But she mentions they mentioned something. <coughs> somehow Zephyr Cochrane Cochran comes up or that, you know, that whole uh, first contact. And then she mentioned something about it. And then they were like, how do you know about that? You know, because she's from the Delta Quadrant. Mm. And She's like, well, the, the Borg, Borg the Borg, the Borg were there. It's a very long story, and then she didn't go into it. It was kind of like it was kind of like Uh, Worf in the Deep Space Nine episode when they look at the Klingons and they mention that they're Klingons, and they look at Worf and they're like, uh, like they're looking at him like they look nothing like you, Worf. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he goes, he,
0: yeah, it was. We don't like to talk about it.
1: That was. A, it was a long. It was a long time ago. <laughs> we do not like to talk about it, uh, outside of Klingon or whatever. You know, it's like with with outsiders or something. And I always got. See, here's the thing. Now, though, with Discovery, because the Discovery Klingons look different, but they have like bumps and stuff on their head. But they look even more alien than the Klingons we know now. Or whatever is
0: discovery before or after?
1: Well, discovery is before Kirk's time. Like ten, discovery takes place like ten years before the original series. Okay. So I don't know how you jive that with the Klingons in the original series, who just look like regular guys that they put you know brown makeup on, and then. Bigger eyebrows and stuff, you know. Hmm. So and then, and then it goes. Discovery back
0: to... is is like just after Zephram Cochrane.
1: No, no, no! It's long after that. Because Zephram Cochrane is like a hundred years before um, Captain Kirk. Because Zephram Cochrane is the first warp drive.
0: Yeah, and then he he hits the Klingon ship, and or no, he hits the the Vulcan ship, and then they. That's when the first uh, well, he doesn't first... hit
1: the Vulcan ship, the Vulcan ship detects a warp signature' yeah, the, I, and the uh... Vulcan ship had just happened to be close by, like going you know going through our solar system or something or at least close enough to detect the warp signature, and that's one of the reasons why in in first contact they had to get and Cochran to make sure he took that that you know that flight on the same day or whatever you know because if he didn't. Then uh, the Klingon, the, the the Vulcans might miss them, because they, they might be too far out of range and not even notice um, the warp signature, and then they wouldn't they wouldn't come and make first contact, and then we wouldn't have the Federation mm. later. So discovery is discovery is when um, Captain Pike is the captain of the Enterprise, but it, oh, Pike, right? But it doesn't. Who was the captain before Captain Kirk? But it doesn't. Uh, it takes place on, you know, it focuses on a ship called the Discovery, which is an experimental ship. And, um, and, it's, and also, it's also during the uh, uh, Klingon War, you know, between the Federation and the Klingons. And um, I think I it's think like, I want to say it's like 10 years before Kirk. But it might be less. It's like, because Spock is on the Enterprise. But you don't see that. You don't even see the Enterprise until the last episode of the first season. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> see, Mike, if you are a true Trekkie, you would know all this because you would have watched all of Discovery by now.
0: Well, I got after Voyager, I got tired of it because Voyager was so stupid that I said, I'm, I'm giving up.
1: Like, I'm done. I'm out of here.
0: And uh, I did like... I like Scott Bakula, but I never watched Enterprise either.
1: I felt like that. I had a similar feeling, because I, I liked Voyager okay, and I watched it. But I was just like, huh, When Enterprise started, the thing that started, that bugged me about Enterprise, I didn't like the theme song. Wow. Because it has nothing to do with Star Trek. It's just like what... Some country song about rocket ships or something. I don't know. It was ridiculous. It's I don't. It was like, wait, is this isn't a Star Trek? the 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 opening theme had didn't sound like Star Trek at all. It's like some guy singing about the wild frontiers. I don't. You
0: know, you can turn the volume down on your TV.
1: Yeah, but I never really got into the show. I never watched a whole episode. But a few years ago, I did try it again on Netflix, and I it. Man, I'm telling you, the second season like like almost every other Star Trek series uh really it kicked ass. I mean, it's just like, "Whoa, there's a lot of stuff going on here." It's really cool. Hmm, it's good. Maybe
0: I'll have to watch it one
1: time. It's good. And like you said, Scott Bakula. Uh there's a cool Klingon uh woman on there, not Klingon, a no, Vulcan woman on the ship. Um There's only been a couple couple actors or actresses um, who
0: can actually play, at least in my opinion, Vulcans? Good.
1: I probably agree with you, and I probably agree with you on the actual actors. We yeah, might have Spock, we might have uh, even talked about this before.
0: Leonard Nimoy is obviously the best one.
1: Well, yeah, because he created it.
0: And then basically. Tuvok from Voyager. Yes, was a, a another really really great one.
1: He's very good. Uh, very good Vulcan.
0: Yeah. Um the there's maybe it's is it the Vulcans there's a there's another one I think on maybe on Voyager or uh, I'd have to look it up because I can't can't name it right now I think it or maybe it was maybe it was the the board anyone anyone time they have to play just very unemotional and deadpan uh-huh. whatever character they get they just they can't do it right like seven of nine. At the very beginning, when she was, you know, supposed to be that Borg, unemotional,
1: right? She
0: she didn't she didn't do it very well.
1: Yeah, um, you knew did it better was the guy was the guy. What what did he call himself? Uh, Hugh.
0: Oh yeah, you know, him
1: a next generation yeah. the the Borg that got separated from the collective and yes, he decided Hugh. to name himself Hugh. He he played it pretty well, like in kind of this weird like robotic. But kind of childlike thing. It was—I don't know. It was kind of cool. He was a good. But boy. what oh, about the other,
0: there was a there was a, a Vulcan on? I think it was on Enterprise.
1: Yeah, that's what I mentioned just a minute ago. There was a woman.
0: Yeah, and she she's was one of the she's... main
1: stars of the yeah, show.
0: Yeah, terrible. Didn't like it. Oh, you didn't like her? No.
1: She played it with a little too much emotion, maybe.
0: Yeah, that was the problem.
1: But you gotta remember, Vulcans are, do not lack emotion. They just control their emotions. They just bury them, like like you know. Even Spock got pissed off sometimes.
0: Well, yeah, because he was half human.
1: Well, that's true, but Vol- like I said, Vulcans do not lack emotions; they just suppress them. But I will agree, though. I will agree that uh, the the um, the guy who plays Tuvok is amazing. He's also he's also been like in like one or two like two other episodes uh, of like Next Generation or something where he wasn't. He wasn't a Vulcan. He was just a, He was like a terrorist in one episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that episode is called Starship Mine.
1: That was a good one. That's one of my favorite was, Star Trek episodes.
0: That's a great one.
1: Where they're like cleaning the. They're cleaning the Enterprise with with radiation, so everybody has to get off the ship. But somehow Captain uh, Picard gets stuck on the ship, and uh, with the terrorists.
0: Mm, do you know why he gets stuck on the ship?
1: Because he goes back to get his uh, his his saddle. Yes, his riding saddle. <laughs> his riding saddle, which is not, <laughs> yeah, because he he loves horseback riding, and he's like, and then and the, it was a convenient for him because he was trying to get away from a guy who talks too much. Picard wouldn't yes. like. I don't think Picard would like me very much. He would be. He would. He would. If I ever met Picard, he would. He would say, you know, I think I need to go back and get my saddle and uh, do some horseback. I'll see you later. Because <laughs> that's one of the reasons he got his saddle. Because it wasn't like. He I mean of course he was looking forward to horseback riding but it was a perfect it was a perfect exit strategy too to get away from the guy the alien guy that was talking way too much
0: And Who, that guy ended up dying
1: Yeah you know, that's true that's true But Data uh Data did like talking to that guy cuz Data was practicing his his small talk small I guess Small talk
0: yeah
1: <laughs> There's a uh there's an in and out truck food truck outside of my I don't know if it's a food truck. Oh, it probably is a food truck because it looks like they, or maybe it's just a cold freezer truck. Mm. Anyway, sorry, I, I'm hungry.
0: Yeah, I had In-N-Out um, Wednesday night when I when I flew back to California.
1: Because you had been gone for like two weeks, so you needed In-N-Out.
0: I needed In-N-Out, and it was delightful. <sighs>
1: You know, I don't know. I need to try it again and I guess I, I'm just not I, I think maybe people talk about it so much how great it is and I'm just not I'm just not overly impressed with In and Out. I mean it's a good No, it's I mean it's yeah, it's good good I mean it's not it's like okay, the greatest burger
0: ever. It's it's good. It's a good burger.
1: I think I prefer Fat Burger. Um, I've only had Fat Burger maybe once. Well, you had it once when we when when you guys visit me when I lived in Denver. You and Mike and I mean, you and Dan and Greg. We we because no. we went there on Greg's suggestion.
0: I don't remember that.
1: It, well, of course you don't. You, you don't remember half of that <laughs> I don't remember ever being in this vehicle. <laughs> Mike, you were in this. We we. I don't remember this. How I don't remember the Mike. We. You don't remember when you came over. I, it's so crazy because that trip. I remember you came over, and we watched uh, the last Starfighter.
0: Um. No, it's all all a big big (laughs) blank.
1: This episode, see, I thought we were going to be a little more prepared for this episode, the Star Trek episode. Yes,
0: I actually thought this one was going to go very well. But, of course, it just devolved into our usual ramblings of and not knowing things that we should know. But that's why people listen, because they think it's funny. (sighs) Well, yeah. at least Glenn. Was... I'm
1: thinking of yeah, people. You mean Glenn, and maybe Glenn. your friend Adam, who, who uh, just listens. He hate listens to our show. Yeah,
0: he will. He will get very mad at at us for this episode.
1: He's like, I lent my talents to that. Ugh, I can't even say it.
0: Yeah. But... Well, we did. Uh, we did another episode, and it was a an enjoyable one to us.
1: I don't think we're quite. Well, no, we are maybe one episode per month, because didn't we do one in October? Well, we guess we maybe skipped November, or maybe we did November and skipped December. Yeah, maybe that's what it was.
0: Yeah, we skipped December.
1: Still, that's pretty good. That's better than...
0: I mean, I think for 2019, we should at least get, like, you know, I would like to see, or hear, or do, at least one a month. That's that's one of my goals, but you always get crazy, busy, or at least you say you do, it's so cool. it's all your fault,
1: well, oh yeah, it's totally my fault, because <laughs> 'cause you're always down to podcast, well not always, but like at least you could easily do it once a week if 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 I wasn't so, oh yeah, you know, so yeah, busy could... and tired, and you know whatever I'm exhausted tonight, but i I did it anyway because. I committed to it. I said, Mike, I'm gonna do it and I did it.
0: Yeah, I was a little shocked because usually once you start canceling it just becomes a cascade effect and
1: Well, thankfully I didn't cancel. I rescheduled for, for Friday instead of Thursday, so
0: That's that's just as good as a cancel for you
1: though. <laughs> um I don't know. I
0: don't know. It's like uh uh Dan's Dan De maybe. It meant no.
1: Yes, maybe always mid no.
0: Yeah. Maybe. So there's I mean if he was like yeah maybe I'll do it no you, it's it's just an automatic no, you know it's a no. You when you cancel or reschedule it's just as good as canceling.
1: I guess technically it's the same thing because if you if you reschedule you're canceling the one appointment and rescheduling for another time. So that one yeah. is a, it is a cancel I guess. It
0: is a cancel but like if you say okay I'm going to cancel on Thursday and we'll do it Friday.
1: Oh you're you, saying that yeah Friday is still gonna just, be up it'll just in the become
0: air. a cascade effect. You'll cancel Thursday, say Friday, Friday you'll cancel, say we're doing it Saturday, Saturday you'll cancel Sunday, and then finally I just give up and um after about a week of, of waiting, I was just like okay, whenever you're ready.
1: This is my life, Mike. Mm. And then and then and then unlike most people, you don't give up on me. I I never do. Never will you don't Russ. give up on me. Cause, so even though you're only a Trekker and not a Trekkie, that's why we will always be friends.
0: Yep, yep. Don't you give up
1: on me. That's a line from something too. Don't you give up, don't you die on me. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do next time. It'll be another one dealing with time travel, of course.
0: Of course. And of course, we'll have all our physics uh, properly
1: <laughs>
0: memorized and researched.
1: We we, we, we can discuss. As well as the movies
0: that we talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, we should do another. We should do a, a fun one next time. Not this one. We need to do. We need to get back with the time quandaries, too. We need, you know, you need to have maybe next. Maybe we can do that next episode, too. Um, we can have another one of your time quandaries.
0: Mm, yes, I can uh, come up with another time quandary. All right, Mike. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a successful failure. <laughs>
1: a failed success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it was worth it. At least, you know, hey. I got to talk to my buddy for like an hour. And
0: yep, we had minutes. fun. That's all that counts. That's what this whole thing is about, having fun.